us. This is different. We're here. You might know. This is new. Not know it's different, but it is. It's same, same, but different. Same, same, but different. As they say in Thailand. Is that what they say in Thailand? Yeah. You're confusing me. I've heard that phrase so many times. Is that just, is that from Thailand? Did we steal that from them? I think it's also a phrase, but it's just something that was said a lot in Thailand. It reminds me of our friend Caitlin saying, you win some, you lose most. (laughs) (laughs) But we're winning today because this is an Encounters episode, but it's long form. Long form. Long form, which means we have way more minutes and time in our day to feel extra super spooky. Yeah. You want ghost stories? You got them. You want more ghost stories? We'll give them to you. Endless. Endless. We won't ever run out because you guys don't ever run out because you're haunted. What if we just gave up our jobs, gave up everything in life, and did a constant live stream of us reading ghost stories? One, I know that would be very difficult because we lose our voices and then also like stumble over words and people be like, oh, you guys can't read, which is kind of true. But it'd be very like, what's his name from even Stevens? Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, who like live streams himself watching his own movies. You know, it's not a bad idea, though I don't think it would last forever and ever. I think it would probably last for maybe seven hours. And then someone would say, hey, what's that behind you? Or did you see that thing in the video? I would freak out and quit. (laughs) I was like, I don't know if I would. I would. Uh, It would be great entertainment. And so is this. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hey. And I'm Sabrina. And don't be sad. I know Halloween's over, but there's no rule that says that you can't be spooky all year round. In fact, I would argue that you should be spooky all year round because you got to do what you got to do and you got to be who you are. And to be the ultimate spooky person during October means that you have to start planning on November 1st of the year before. So yeah, you have to be thinking about at least being spooky. You don't maybe have to wear your costume around every day but if you want to you can you can and i won't judge you because i would actually be very impressed and i wish i could do that so and you can do what i did which this halloween season i chose some halloween decor that could easily bleed into november for fall festivities uh-huh. so when that. i see it i think halloween but when other people see it they're like ah yes thanksgiving and you're thankful for the spookiness it brings. And I'm also thankful for mail, mail, mail. We have mail from our phantoms. What did we get? Okay. The first thing, we got mail from Stony Bell. And mm. we were sent these two necklaces that actually go together. It's almost like <gasps> BFF necklaces. But they're so much spookier and so awesome. Oh. They're like these um, like skeleton-like creatures. And there's mm. a female and a male. It's it's kind of like, it's kind of reminiscent of A Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, can I see? It's like Jack and Sally. Yes, I'll try. It's made of silver, so I'll try really hard to bring it close so you can see. <gasps> oh my gosh, I love them. Which one do you want to be? I don't know. Do you want to be my boyfriend or do you want to be my girlfriend? I usually go the boyfriend route. Maybe I'll be the girlfriend. I'll, I'll take oh my gosh. feminism yes. as a te- for a test drive for this time. <laughs> <laughs> I was a tomboy growing up, so I'll embrace myself. Me too, but only on the bottom. Cargo, cargo shorts on the bottom. Polar bears kissing on the top. 
Love it. I had, do you remember those limited two shirts that had Velcro and you could change the scenery on it? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) wow. You were also bougie. I wasn't allowed to shop at limited two. It was too expensive. I was an old Navy gal. Also loved old Navy. Old Navy was awesome. Okay. And then we also have more mail from Jerry. She sent us, it's actually so cool. It's so funny because she talks, she wrote us a letter and she talks all about this company, Color Street which creates nail art and these decals that are like super fun and super awesome. And at the very end, after like tooting their horn for like three paragraphs, she's like, oh, I'm not associated with this company. I just buy the darn things. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Super awesome. She's also a Patreon donor. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. But she sent us these 100% real nail polish strips and they have ghosts all over them and stars (gasps) and they say boo. Oh, my gosh. So 1,000% I'm putting these on my nails this Halloween. Wait, can you please send those to me, like, tomorrow so I can put them on my nails? Why, sure. Oh, my gosh. Those are so cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so stoked for this. And then we have more mail. We were sent a gift from Danielle, who's one of our moderators on our Facebook group. And she went – she sent us actually this card that was like super beautiful and I'll send you a picture of it. It's actually hanging uh, on my fridge. So I don't have it in my hands right now. But <laughs> she also sent us these wood stickers, which I'd never heard about. They're biodegradable, dishwasher safe, flexible. So you can put them on like your water bottles or on the back of your computer or something. They're wood stickers. Whoa. And yours is a cat. It says, sorry, I can't. I have plans with my cat. Oh, I that is so great. What's yours? And mine is of Bigfoot, and it says Bigfoot saw me, but nobody believes him. <laughs> oh my god, that is so perfect for you! Wait, this is so cool. Wood stickers, yeah, wood That's stickers. Amazing. Who knew? It says our wood. It's from a company called Dust City, and it says our wood stickers are made from sustainably sourced real wood and work just like any other sticker, but they're weather resistant, flexible, and eco friendly. I'm stoked. That's amazing. And they have one with Bigfoot, so that means they're yeah. Our they know company. what's going on. They know what the people want. They want. They know what Corinne <laughs> yes, wants. Yes, the people. It'll match my Bigfoot uh, air freshener that I have in my car. That's the one thing. You know when people, when people have a car that like a lot of other people have too, and there's always a million stories of like, oh, the one time I tried to get in this car and there was a child in the back seat, and then I panicked, and it, it turns out it wasn't my car. It was a car three doors down that was mine. <laughs> That will never happen with my car. Yeah. Because no one will look inside and be like, that huge Bigfoot hanging from the mirror looks too like my car. <laughs> I don't know, Corinne. I think you underestimate the love for Bigfoot that exists out Maybe there. Maybe if I move to Washington, I'll, I'll encounter some other. That's true. Bigfoot house. Bigfoot lovers. I don't know. You live by the Bridgewater Kidney Bean. There, there are Bigfoot stories over there. So I know I need to go visit the Hockamock Swamp, do the single ladies yeah, dance, see what comes of it. Hey, Bigfoot. <laughs> it's like aliens come down and How they're like a doing? weird mating ritual in the Hockamock Swamp. A female <laughs> homo sapien seems to be doing a dance learned by pop culture to, to an interdimensional species. Who is not interested in her. Oh, Corinne. Bigfoot would definitely I love you so. back. I have nightmares about it. Do you really? 
No. <laughs> but I bet I will soon. It's now my heart's being sensitive. Oh, well, we can give you nightmares about other things if you want. I think I need an inhaler, honestly. I think I need to take a pause and puff my inhaler. Do I'm it. I'm having a hard time breathing. Go, do it. Because you love Bigfoot so much, you, your heart stopped. See, nothing's changed here at Two Girls, One Ghost. I'm so obsessed with Bigfoot. Sabrina still loves aliens and her cat. Mm-hmm. I think the only new thing that could have possibly happened today is that I'm back uh, in my delusion, convinced myself that I'm going to win the lottery because I bought a lottery ticket. <laughs> I don't think that so delusion ever went away. like six or so weeks now, I have a few days where I just don't do anything because I feel like I'm a millionaire. That's very nice. What does it say about me, though, that I'm so... I'm so quick to be lazy. You just you aspire to have money. Just a simpler not life. A bad thing. Yeah. Well, you know what it is. It's that you in a past life lived in the woods, out on a farm, and there wasn't much to do. I believe that. And now 100%. there's almost too much to do that it's overwhelming, and you need time alone. I am overstimulated. Uh-huh. Go spread the word. Corinne is overstimulated. That's just why you want Bigfoot to yourself, and you guys will go fly across the skies together. <sighs> Freaking hope so. Well, if you hadn't tuned in to any of our previous episodes, we should probably say we alluded to it, but we are changing up the format of our podcast due to the desire of reading more Encounters episodes from our listeners, and also just it matches up with our work schedules yeah. better to do. Sunday episodes alternating between a regular episode and an encounters episode. Exactly. So we are here to tell you some haunting tales mm-hmm. that happened to you that you wrote in for us to retell you. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. You're going to get scared and want to cry or maybe you'll laugh and maybe you'll never sleep again. I don't know. Maybe it will be super fun. Speaking of Danielle and our moderators, we wanted to read as a thank you for all all of the work that they do. We wanted to read some of their stories, some of our moderator's stories to kick this off. They're all great and so spooky. And then we'll get into more of our listener stories. Yeah. Should I start with Danielle? Yeah. Okay. Dear Corinne, Sabrina, and Ghost, I've shared the story in pieces in the Facebook group, but I figured I might as well email the hopefully complete version. I manage the mini golf course that my dad owns, and the other employees are my friends and my little sister. Hmm. I was at school when it first opened, but when I got out for summer, I took over. Because it's such a small business and we don't make a lot of money, we can only afford to pay one person to work at a time. The inside is an arcade, which isn't, one, a place you spend several hours at a time, and two, somewhere you spend time completely alone. So because of how weird it feels sitting alone inside of an arcade, we all just thought that's why it felt so eerie when we would work and never really brought it up to anyone else. It started out small, just shuffling coming from the back room that sounded like someone was in there, and voices we assumed were coming from the games. But one day I was cleaning next to the two games that I thought the voices were coming from, and I heard the voices, and I realized that the sound wasn't coming from either of the two games. One Sunday in June, I was working and turned on the lights in the back room and walked back to the arcade for a little bit before going in the back room to get money out of the safe. Danielle, don't tell everyone where your money is. (laughs) As I was walking into the back room, a bunch of light bulbs that had been sitting in the safe since before we opened flew off and landed directly at my feet. 
I turned around to get my phone to tell people what happened because I was freaked out and clearly have the flight. And mm. later I picked up the box and I put it back on the safe. This time it was only half on the safe. And I attempted to make it fall off by shaking the safe and jumping around in my room and it never fell. Mm. I watched the security footage and it looks like the box was pushed rather than just falling. Later that same day, I was reading a book on my iPad while two people were playing air hockey. So I wasn't paying any attention to what happened when they hit the puck in a way that it shot off of the table and directly at my head. The weirdest part is that I dodged the puck that I had no idea was coming towards me. I usually have the worst reflexes and just scream rather than dodging (laughs) things, but I really just leaned out of the way. I think the ghost was really just trying to hit me with stuff that day. I didn't even realize that this was happening on the same day as the light bulbs falling until I started writing this email and was looking in the group to see what day I posted about the light bulbs falling and then was looking at the videos on my phone. A couple weeks later, on a cloudy, creepy day, my friend Marissa was working. Her sister Mackenzie, also an employee, and I had been talking about how creepy it is sometimes and then left to go get lunch, which was kind of mean of us, but we did bring her food. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Before leaving, I had shown Marissa how to replay the security videos because I was showing her something. When Mackenzie and I had gotten to the restaurant maybe five minutes later, Marissa calls us saying that we had to watch the video she sent us on Snapchat because it could not wait. The video she sent us was a recording of the security footage. In the video, she was looking at her phone and a strand of her hair was lifted up (gasps) and out and then dropped back down when she reached behind her. She said that she didn't reach behind her because she felt like her hair was being pulled, but because she felt like someone was behind her. A very common feeling we all had while working. There are so many clips of us all checking security footage to make sure no one had somehow snuck by us. We closed in November for the winter and opened back up in March, so hopefully the ghost got bored and left since we've been closed, and nothing else will happen when we open back up. See you on the other side, Danielle. P.S. I've attached the videos I mentioned so you can watch them. I love the name of the videos. Okay. Light bulbs. She also sent us this in February, so that means she already worked the summer. Oh, so we have to find out if the ghost came back. It feels like it probably did, because it doesn't seem like it's a menacing ghost. It's just a ghost hanging out that likes the company. It's a cool place to spend time. Arcade slash mini golf course. I'm watching the videos. I'm too nervous. (laughs) I'm I'm laughing because she walks in. Mm Mm-hmm. And the box, like, the cups are just thrown off, and she just stops, and she just stares for, like, five full seconds, and then just turns and leaves. <laughs> I would totally do that. Oh, my gosh. I'm watching the hair one now. <gasps> I need to watch the hair one, too. Oh. This is fun. And she, like, feel. oh, my gosh. I'm watching the hair one now, too. Okay. We'll post this for all of you with Danielle's permission, but these are great. Wow. <gasps> oh, my God. She full on... Oh, my God. I'm sure Danielle's already posted these probably. Probably. And we just missed them. I feel like people people listening right now are probably like, what am I missing? Because we're just reacting. So much. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Okay. Sorry. We just took like a full 45 seconds to watch this. Yeah. Worth it. So worth it. It doesn't sound like it's a harmful ghost. It's just like a little, you know, harmless ghost. You're just hanging out in a fun place. Hanging out, but... 
Yeah. Obviously getting the attention of all the employees. I wonder if it's like a a child. I guess I just assume a child because it's such a fun place that it's like full of games and to just kind of right pull someone's hair. I don't know. Do adults like do you think an adult spirit would grab someone's hair? Yeah, if you Maybe. wanted attention from someone. That's true. Wow. Ooh, creepy. So creepy. The creepy thing is like they're there alone. So if there's no customer there, then most likely they're working alone and they have no one. It's like being a security, like working security. It's like just night, you and the night ghost. shift or something. Like you have no one else to be like, oh my God, this just happened in the back room. Come with me. And I know. I love it. I don't know why, but I, I just, love that. That makes me happy. Oh my God. It scares the crap out of me. Hmm. Okay. Anyone who works alone is extremely brave. I concur. Okay. I have one from our admin, Alex. Hello, wonderful ghostesses and Leia. I've been listening to the podcast since episode three, and I'm honored to be one of the moderators for the amazing Facebook group. I finally decided to write in about some of my family's many paranormal experiences. And uh, sorry if it's running long because I tend to ramble. The paranormal has been in my family since before I was born. Both of my parents had experiences in their youth, and now both of them, my sister and I, continue to have experiences to this day. Both my mother and father were born in a very small town, right smack in the middle of Mexico, literally. It is right in the middle of the middle state of Mexico. It's called Guanajuato. The state is known for being the birthplace of the independence of Mexico from Spanish rule, where El Grito, or the Shout, which began the revolution, was given. It's also known for its many legends and haunted places, of which many take place and are located in the capital city of Guanajuato, a World Heritage Site. It's a gorgeous city, partly underground, full of color, history, and as Sabrina discussed in one of the live shows, mummies. Mummies! Also, one of the biggest lores born there was that of La Llorona. I'm sure many Latinx listeners know this story of the woman who drowned her kids and then herself and now haunts waterways all up and down the Americas. My father had an encounter during his teenage years with her and has the scar to prove it. Oh my God. Ah! My dad and his friends were playing around in a creek in the outskirts of town and it was getting dark. So they started heading home along the bank. And as they were walking, they started to hear the weeping and then the moaning. And then, mis hijos, my children. Oh my God. That's when they ran. The moaning got closer and closer, even though they kept running. And as my father was running, he felt her so close. <gasps> and he turned, and that's when he saw her. As he focused on her face, he tripped and fell, and a long, thick stick went through his leg. With the adrenaline running through his body, he was able to break the stick into a smaller piece, get up, and continue running all the way back to his home. My grandparents rushed him to the local doctor to tend to his injury, all the while not believing his story about how it happened. Nowadays, my father is a pastor, and he and my sister work as dialysis technicians, both with the same gift. My father has worked in the field for 25 years and my sister for 10. All the while, they constantly get visited by patients on the day that they pass away. Both say it usually happens the same way. They walk into their respective clinics around 3 a.m. and begin their operating duties. As they work, they hear their name being called clearly by someone. Both usually open the clinic alone so they know it's not another coworker. And as they listen closely, they can most of the time identify the voice of the patient. Both say they say hi to them and then say they will pray for them. And as they start to pray, they immediately feel the peace and gratitude after, and they just continue to talk and pray for the patient. Oh, 
In the mornings when the clinic manager gets in, usually around 8 a.m., they get the news if anyone has passed away and the patient that they have been praying for always gets named. I guess that they like that they pray for them and it gives them comfort as they cross over. Continuing with my sister, she's the more gifted of the four of us. She's an empath. She can not only sense and feel the person's sadness and anger, but if it's being caused by a demon, she can see them. Yes, my sister can see demons. What the heck? It's always been creepy, especially the time she saw one right outside my bedroom door trying to get into my bedroom. She said she could feel it, wanted to harm me and wreak havoc in my life, but she started praying and rebuked it. As she was praying, she said she could see the demon grinning and saw its teeth that looked like crooked shark teeth. And since then, demonic smiles and horror movies creep her out and she tells me, that's the same thing I saw that night that the demon was trying to get into your room. No, no. <laughs> My mother has had quite a bit of experiences herself from seeing death walking around her small town to being chased by a ghost rooster to seeing my baby brother's funeral as a vision when she was only 13. Whoa. To being in a possessed house with the women's retreat group from church. The latter is quite a story, but it's too long for this email, so I'll send it another time. Please, Alex, send it. And finally, for my personal experiences, they are more linked to me also being an empath. I'm an extremely sensitive person, and not only in the way of feelings, but I can sense the negativity and heaviness in a room. If something bad happens somewhere, I can feel it as I walk, and I shiver, like if I were cold, even if it's 100 degrees outside. I start to pray whenever that happens just for protection so nothing gets attached to me. Well, that's only a fraction of what we've experienced as a family. I'll send some more stories another time. Keep up the amazing work both of you are doing, and I hope for many, many, many more episodes to come. Love the podcast and the amazing Facebook community we have. See you all on the other side, Alex. I cannot believe his dad had a run-in with La Llorona. And his sister can see demons. His sister can see demons. That's so crazy. So crazy. It's like... Such a specific gift. I just am curious how often she sees them. Right. And if they know that she sees them. Because I feel like that would feel like, I don't know, I don't want them to target her. But if I were a demon and I saw that someone could see me, I'd be like, oh, you're perfect. Yeah. Ooh, I don't like it at all. Or is it scary because she's so, it means she's so strong. Ooh, they're intimidated. psychic ability. Ooh, good. I like that. That's much better. Right? I want her to email us. Alex, does your sister listen? Can we talk to her? Please let us know. And I also want to know more about your mom being chased by a ghost rooster. Yeah, that's that's especially <laughs> intriguing. So funny. It's like the the chicken lady from Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. And the all the chickens clucking. Yeah. There can be all types of ghost animals. So many ghost animals. All right, what's next? What you got? This is from our moderator, Sarah. This is called... Babies and Crystals and Hatchimals, oh my. (laughs) Catchy title. I've been a fan of the podcast since about a month into it starting and have been having a blast as a mod Uh in our awesomely supportive, hilarious group. I originally shared this in the group when it first happened in December of 2017, but since it's been so long ago now, I thought I'd rewrite and send in my story. In December 2017, I was going through a lot of stress in my life and my relationship with my husband was really, really rocky. We had been trying for months unsuccessfully to have another baby. Mm -hmm. My only kid, a girl, was five at the time. And something else happened I won't go into, but we weren't really sure if we were going to stay together and nonetheless have a baby. 
I started listening to TGOG and binging Ghosts in the Burbs Mm -hmm. religiously and getting really into the spooky season. A local crystal shop was going out of business and I bought a bunch of crystals to bead into bracelets. Mostly I bought crystals I was drawn to like rose quartz, quartz, amethyst, healing and heart crystals since I'm prone to anxiety and depression and had been having an especially rough time mentally with the drama in my relationship. I had also brought a couple of tiny crystals called Veracruz amethysts. Hmm. The paper that came with them said that they're supposed to have a higher vibration and assist your third eye. I was sleeping with them under my pillow. I know, I know, because I really love ghosts, and I guess I really did want to open myself up and get in touch with a spirit guide Aww. or something. I also occasionally dabble with my tarot cards, so I thought that might help with that. Then I started to have weird incidents while I was sleeping, like the feeling that my bed was vibrating, like a phone was going off on the bed, except my phone was on the nightstand along with my Apple Watch. I was only wearing the beaded crystal bracelet to bed. About two weeks later, the day after Christmas, I found out I was pregnant. It was surprising because after all those months of trying, and due to the state of my relationship, we were using birth control that month, so we were not actively trying to get pregnant. Go figure. Wow. <laughs> the week the vibrating started happening, right after I got the crystals, would have been the same time that I conceived. Wow. A few days after Christmas, I was sleeping like I normally do with earplugs and eye mask in an air purifier going. I became a super, super sensitive sleeper after having my daughter, so like Lots of white noise muffled by earplugs, so I don't hear every little thing. Suddenly, I woke up with a start. I had heard my daughter's new Christmas presents, Hatchimals, through my earplugs. They were so loud. I thought she came into my room with them, but it felt really early still. But I could clearly hear them doing this gibberish that sounds like words. Here's the creepiest part. The Hatchimals grow and go through phases and their speech changes and develops as they, quote, learn from interacting with kids. They were in the big kid phase and would say gibberish and one particular phrase sounds like either I love you or I'll find you or where (laughs) are you? Shudders. They're definitely as creepy as Furbies. (laughs) But that's what I heard. That gibberish-like sound, I'll find you, is what woke me up. I thought she was in the room with it trying to get me to get up. So I took off my eye mask and no one was in the room. I checked the monitor and my daughter was sound asleep in her room. My husband was moving around a little and I even asked him if he heard it. He was, of course, sound asleep. Resigned that something was up, but I was going to try to go back to sleep, I laid back down and put my earplugs and eye mask on. As soon as I did, my crystal bracelets on my left wrist vibrated literally straight up shook on my wrist i watched them it was as if i was wearing my apple watch and it was buzzing on me and i wasn't wearing it it was on the charger just my bracelets they vibrated what the fuck i was wearing three that night aventurine opalite and fluorite in case anyone was wondering i wasn't sure if i believed in the power of crystals before but i definitely started changing my mind after that By the way, this all started a few minutes before 3 a.m. It was 3 a.m. when the bracelets vibrated. No. No. Mm -mm -mm. I also checked downstairs the next morning and the Hatchimals were right where we had left them. Batteries dead and all. Mm -mm. A few nights later, after nothing unusual had happened for a few days, the creepiest thing of all happened. 
Sometimes my daughter comes to the side of my bed and asks me to go to the bathroom with her or get up with her for whatever reason. That morning, like 4.30 a.m., I felt a warm hand wrap its fingers around my big toe. My feet were (laughs) under the blanket, but I felt a draft, so I assumed she lifted up the blanket. I thought it was weird and it woke me up, but it felt really early still and her school was closed for break, so I was not getting up with her. (laughs) She's a big girl and even at almost five was capable of getting breakfast herself in the morning. And she wasn't supposed to leave her bedroom until the clock turned green at 7 a.m. anyway. I was annoyed, so I gently pulled my foot high under the blankets and away from the hand so she'd think I was sleeping. I waited a minute more so she'd leave and go back to sleep, but it felt like she was still there. Finally, a few minutes later, I took off my eye mask and there was no one there. My husband was sleeping on the left side and this was on my right foot. His foot does usually snake its way over, but not that far, and I didn't feel it with my left foot after all. And these were warm fingers. Mm-hmm. It was. I was a little freaked out, and I laid there for about 45 minutes trying to settle down and go back to sleep. As I was laying on my right side at the edge of the bed, I was starting to calm down when it suddenly felt like a small hand slammed down on the mattress right below my pillow next to my arm to get my attention. <gasps> oh my god! It made me jump. I tore off my eye mask, and once again, my daughter was not there. What the fuck? Needless to say, I didn't fall asleep for a while. Before all of this, I've only ever seen an orb once in my life, like 10 years ago. I've heard (laughs) pregnancy can attract things, so I don't know if it was pregnancy, the crystals, or the negative energy from my husband and my fighting that was attracting some weird vibes. But also, it really felt like a child. I wonder if that's a thing, pregnant women attracting child ghosts. Hmm. I don't know if I think it was a child because I thought it was my daughter initially or not. Our house is a new build where there were previously trees, but I don't know the history of the land otherwise. Thankfully, the group was super helpful in recommending some of the more grounding crystals to counter all my open heart crystals and negativity. The vibrating started getting stronger after that and would wake me up and then start again just as I was starting to fall back asleep. I started moving all the crystals off and away from me and all the vibrations diminished a little bit. But what really made it stop was saging and ordering a blessed St. Benedict medal from the interwebs. Thanks for the idea, Liz Sauer from Ghosts and the Birds. Mm -hmm. I kept it in my room and the vibrations and all the weird things that had been happening stopped. Once my baby arrived and I would be in her room breastfeeding during the night, I still felt like something was in there, but it felt loving and protective. Maybe one of my grandmothers? One time I saw lights moving around my feet while I was nursing her back to sleep, and my husband told me that he'd heard lullabies during the night that night too, but other than that, all has been quiet. She's one now, and I don't feed her during the night anymore. I haven't had any weird vibrations or sounds waking me up in a long time, thankfully. I don't care who you are, y'all. Let me get my sleep. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for all of that now. Thank you, ladies, for giving me a creepy, safe, supportive outlet, Sarah. Wow. Wow. I'm... It is interesting because I've heard a lot of stories from people who were, when they're pregnant, are more open to the paranormal. It makes me really curious about the crystals and the energy like is it just a pregnant woman's energy or is it the energy of two people at once that 
creates this sort of like like is it is it right. both parties creating the vibrations or is it just do the pregnant women do their auras somehow change and like their energy shift where they can basically supercharge crystals well i definitely think energy shifts when you're carrying a baby because you are a superhuman when you're doing that and innately badass so yes i believe your your energy changes and i also wonder if it's indicative at all of what her child will be open to like is her baby going to be an empath that will experience more paranormal in their life here's a thought too which yeah if go ahead. we think about maybe reincarnation or just the thought that spirits souls might know where what family they're going to before they're born mm-hmm. what if the child like spirit that she felt the little warm fingers and the hand slamming down was her future baby just checking in on her and was like hey pay attention to me i wonder at what point in the process the soul comes in you know yeah when does it maybe that's why it stopped i don't know maybe like right as your water breaks someone's like oh quick quick you only have a few seconds to get in (laughs) i feel like before just because maybe i don't know i've never been pregnant but i feel like when my mom was pregnant, there were like things and symptoms that she had when she was pregnant with me that were very different than when she was pregnant with my brother. And they were very mm-hmm. telling of who we are now. One example is my mom got lots of cavities and she never had a sweet oh, tooth wow. until she was pregnant with me. And I have like the biggest Isn't that sweet interesting. tooth. We negatively affect our parents. Mm-hmm. My mom wasn't allergic to apples until she became we allergic. We do. I mean, <laughs> allergic to me, she kind of is. Until she became allergic to you. (laughs) So interesting. And there have been stories that we've read where it'll be like, or I don't know if we've read it on here. I read so many reincarnation and past life stories just out there because it's so fascinating. But I remember hearing one where there was a child who had basically said like once they could start talking, was talking about how they had once been in their mom's belly, but then like was sent back and then went like got to be in her belly again and the kid did not know that the mother had gone through a miscarriage so was basically saying like oh i tried twice and now i'm here the second time you've carried me twice i finally made it so crazy that's crazy kids say the darnest thing tiffany haddish i'm excited for that (laughs) speaking of i have a story from another admin nice moderator that's about her kids it's called creepy ass kid story and this is from marina hey ladies so i was listening to encounters 23 and you were talking about creepy kid stories here's mine my daughter river is five but since she was two she has seen paper humans she used to come into our room late at night saying the paper humans were around and waking her up again she sees them everywhere she says they are just like humans but flat the adult faces are on top of their heads And the kids have faces you can see. They don't interact with her except for one child one named Lucy. We had a girl at our church named Lucy who died when Lucy was 13 and River was three when this happened. She says they are everywhere, but she hasn't seen nearly as many as she saw in Charleston. We live in California now. She said she used to see them in our house on the road, downtown Charleston, all over the place. And they used to talk to her and wake her up with how loud they were. 
She doesn't talk about them as much now, but she will bring them up randomly when she sees them. She says, (laughs) stay spooky and leave paper humans alone. Marina. Okay. Well, my initial thought was shadow people. I'm I'm just thinking ghosts that she just, if they're flat and aren't 3D, she calls them paper humans because she can see their faces. Yeah, maybe because they don't look solid enough to be human. She's Yeah, just and it makes me think humans. that she's just so open that all of these ghosts are just kind of like talking at her because she sees so many of them. Why are they following? I don't think they're following her. I just, I just think it's. Well, she sees them everywhere. Oh, unless it's not the same family. Maybe it's just a bunch yeah. of people. Yeah. I mean, Lucy maybe everywhere. she sees more often because she did have a connection with Lucy. But I think the other ones are just like she sees in the world as she goes places. But Charleston, she saw way more because they were on the streets. They were everywhere, which makes you think like Charleston, which is a place that's infamously haunted, just has so many ghosts. And she was seeing all of them and they're everywhere. Yes. <gasps> also, Marina has a second email. Oh, she does. Do you want me to read that yeah. one? You should read it. Okay. And then she also sent a little bit of another story. She said, my best friend's ghost. When we were in middle and high school, my best friend lived in a hella haunted house. There were residual hauntings, mostly of a little girl, we assume, running and giggling down the main hall. The whole family heard her. And after a few trips to the house, you would get used to hearing her. Up the street was a large hill that had been made into a county-protected open space. The area had once been sacred to the Native American tribes that lived in the area and there would be shadow figures that walked up and down the streets, hills, and through the yards of houses. One of the most interactive spirits was that of a teenage boy who had died by suicide in my friend's room back in the 70s. If you're going to be a ghost stuck in a house, at least he was stuck in the house of a teenage girl, right? He used to move things around in the room. He used to hang out in the bathroom when we were showering. Ew. He liked to leave handprints on the shower glass or the mirror. Sure, they could have been left there before we showered, but whatever. We did use a Ouija board with him a few times. He always seemed harmless and sad, and I'm sure he enjoyed having teenage girls sleeping and changing in his old room. (laughs) There was one night, though, that was so scary, and I will never forget it. So my two BFFs and I are in bed. I'm in the middle, and they were both asleep, and I was just falling asleep when the door to the room opened. I couldn't see too well, but I assumed it was her mom checking to make sure we were actually going to sleep, and it was about 3 a.m., I'm laying there listening to footsteps around the room as if someone was trying to navigate over the hot mess that was the floor of her room. And then suddenly, the cat at the end of the bed puffs full up and starts hissing. This is when I knew it was not her mom. The cat swipes at the air and then runs from the room. The foot of the bed sinks like someone sits down, and I felt a hand move the hair off of my face. I went so cold I couldn't breathe. The ghost just sat there on the bed for what seemed like forever, and then it got up and left, closing the door behind it. I think I might have passed out from fear because I don't remember falling asleep. That one still haunts me. See you on the other side, Marina. Okay. (laughs) Not only do you wake up to someone on the edge of your bed, but, like, they touch you. Touch you. They touch you. Oh my god, I wouldn't yeah, I'd be frozen with fear. It's like you, what can you do? You have to just sit there and just be like, "Oh my god, I just am hoping that this ends." Because to run out is to get up and walk maybe fall and trip right in front of the spirit. Right. And also you're exhausted at 3 a.m. 
And also she realized it was not the mom at the moment that this ghost like sat down on her bed. So she, there's like nowhere you can go. Yeah. <gasps> it mm. gives, yeah. It gives the spirit too much time to react. Yeah. You just have to pretend like you don't see it happening. Although, I, w- I mean, I know it's terrifying, but I want to believe it was just this like nice ghost that was in the house who was just lonely and maybe liked Marina and just That's true. needed company. Just checking on her. On her. That's my yeah. positive take on it. God, that's still scary. And it's like, I, I live al- not alone, but like in my bedroom, I'm alone. So I'm not used to being checked on by like a- anyone. Anyone. Yeah. And I actually got really spooked the other night when I was staying at my grandparents' house. And my mom must have gotten up to go to the bathroom. And I, she, I woke up and she was standing above me. Oh my god! <laughs> she was, she was putting another blanket on me and taking my computer off of the bed. But like, I woke up and there's this like dark haired woman above me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would freak out. Yeah, it's a little scary. Ooh, oh my gosh! All right, now we'll just. This is so exciting. This is the part where we get to just continue reading stories. We just keep going. We just get to keep going. There's no end in sight. All right. This is from Tessa. It is called Cursed Figurehead in Boston. Oh. Spooky. Corinne and Sabrina, during a visit to Boston I took several years ago, I took a tour of haunted places. We went to the state house where we were told a story of a figurehead, which is a carved figure of a person or animal that is attached to the bow of a ship. And after bringing several bouts of bad luck upon the ships she served, this figurehead was deemed cursed. Ooh. She was first on the bow of a ship called the Caroline that wrecked off the coast of Maine. She then wreaked havoc on the ship Maritana, which wrecked into rocks in Boston Harbor in what is known as the worst wreck to ever occur in Boston Harbor. Wow. She survived. She survived unscathed. After this, she was seen as bad luck and was sold and placed in a shop on Lincoln's Wharf in Boston. Shortly after, the wharf burned in a fire. Oh, my gosh. She survived this as well, which is crazy. That is crazy. Later, she was donated to the Bostonian Society who put her on display inside the old state house. In 1921, a fire started near the figurehead there in the state house and she is now locked in a glass box <laughs> held in the basement of the state house wow god it's a haunted artifact that's really cool during the tour we got to visit the figurehead i was nervous to even be in the same room with her her flat wooden eyes staring straight ahead i decided i wanted to take some pictures of her i had a holga camera with me which uses medium format film that you can have developed I just put in a new roll of film that had 12 exposures. I half expected my camera to catch on fire as I clicked (laughs) away. I made it through seven exposures and then the roll stopped. I couldn't take any more pictures. I examined the camera thinking that the button was stuck, but the roll of film was at its end. I only got seven pictures on a roll that should have had 12. When I got home, I was anxious to get the film developed, and I had several rolls to develop. So when it was ready for me to go pick it up, all the photos from all the rolls were stacked together. I started to flip through them, wondering what I would see when I got to the figurehead photos. But I made it to the end of the stack. I went over them and over them, 
and those photos were nowhere to be found. They had just disappeared. It gave me such an eerie feeling. I guess the figurehead made sure I wasn't able to capture her. Whoa. So if you're ever bored, head over to the State House and see if you can catch her on film. Love, love, love the podcast, girls. Stay sexy and don't get haunted, Tessa. Wow, I'm looking. I looked up the picture of it right now. It's on bostonhistory.org. There's a photo of her. State House figurehead. Is that what you Googled? Mm Mm-hmm. She was a gift of John Lynch to the society in 1908. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I was really picturing just like this wooden figurehead that was more of like, I don't know, you know, like um, the like tiki poles, like those sort of style of carving. I was really picturing that, but this is like a full on woman. Intricate. Yeah. That's crazy that so many, like, the fire thing is wild. She does look sad. She has the sadness in her eyes. She looks sad. Like, she wants to burn everything to the ground around her. Yeah. Or maybe she doesn't understand why everything's burning to the ground around her. And she doesn't want people to be mad at her. Yeah, I don't know. She should. I hope that that box that they put her in is sucked out all the oxygen so that she can't start a fire. Well, the old state house is probably only like a 10-minute walk from me. You should go. Go visit her. Everything is really a 10-minute walk. All the haunted spots. Maybe I'll do a little haunted tour. Give myself a little haunted you should. tour. Solo? 100%. I have no fear, and that's a lie. I have That's such a lie. The amount of times that we go on haunted things, and you're like, you go first. Yeah. <laughs> I will be very scared if yeah. I go alone. So. Yes, you will. Wow. And the fact that her photos all were ruined, she they didn't develop. Yeah. And then just disappeared. Yeah, that's wild. Gosh, I wonder if the people that developed the film were like, oh, this one looks like it has a huge splotch against it. Like, I'll just throw it out. It's no good. When really, like, that's what she would have discovered was that there was- I know. The figurehead was masking her identity. Oh, scary. At least the photos didn't catch on fire. All right, what do you have for us? So this one actually legitimately came into our inbox as we were recording and I had to read it because it's about a topic that we talked about a few episodes episodes ago about curses. This is from McKenna and she says, Cursed voicemail from Satan? Hello, ghouls. My name is McKenna, and I was haunted by Satan, question mark. I was listening to episode 111, Cursed AF, and Sabrina was talking about how the number 666-666-6666 called people and was cursed, and Corinne mentioned how her and her mom got a call, but no one can find it. Well, you're in luck because I have a voicemail from that number, and I attached it. So about a year or two ago, I was a sophomore in high school, and I was insanely busy. I hardly had time to check my phone, and when I did, nothing much was on it. One day, I went to check it and saw that a random number had called me twice. And when I saw it, I got chills because on my screen, it said two missed calls from 1-666-666-6666. I was confused and a bit scared. And then I saw that the number had left a voicemail for me because, and because I was stupid, I thought I would call it back. It rang once, and then I heard the default Verizon message telling me that the number didn't exist. So how the heck did it call me then? Needless to say, I was spooked. And after a while, I forgot about the spookiness of it and started to joke that Satan was haunting me. So I got a response. 
One day, I had my friend over and she and I were joking around and having lots of fun, and now my bed is a wooden bunk bed with stairs and my room is pretty big. I have a trash can with a lid on it that is a few feet from my bed against the wall. So I always put the trash can lid behind the can against the wall because I don't like to have it on. The lid is flat, floppy, hard, plastic, rectangular. So me and my friend were sitting a few feet away from my bunk bed stairs talking and messing around. I cracked a joke about Satan haunting me when all of a sudden I heard loud thumping and we both looked over in fright. To my shock and horror, my trash can lid had somehow gotten from behind my trash can against the wall up to the top of my wooden stairs and then thrown down them, making a loud banging. What? To this day, we have no clue how this happened, and I think something didn't like that I was joking about Satan haunting me. And she has the voicemail. I re- I kind of want to play it. Oh, my God. I don't. Don't give it to my ears. Please, no. Okay, well, should we actually play that for people on the podcast? I don't want everyone to get possessed. But I don't want to be alone. If you don't want to listen to something that you will then hear Sabrina freak out about, and I wish I could go back and not listen to it, fast forward 30 seconds. Yes, we are cutting and pacing this in because it was so disturbing. So disturbing. I do, I'm not okay. So if you don't want to listen, you have... About another, I don't know, 10 seconds to grab your cell phone and press fast forward now. <gasps> oh, I wish I didn't listen to that. Sabrina, holy shit. Do you have seven days to live? You, your face looks like that. Put the headphones back in so I can talk. Don't tell me to put my headphones back in. Is it done? Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, ah, 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 I was trying to read your lips, and I thought you were trying to get me haunted, too. I hate, I hate it so much. Don't play it, but just tell me what it was. I'm not going to play it ever again. It was like weird whispering. I, 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 <gasps> I can't hear it whispering. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm really scared now. I'm, like, really terrified. Why did you listen to that? I don't You're know. the one that said no one should ever... You did the episode on this. But it wasn't about, no, it wasn't, that one wasn't, like, cursed. They didn't have, like, bad things. It was just that it would disappear. There was a honk outside, and I just jumped. (sighs) Ow. I feel really awful that you listened to that alone. Oh, my God, I'm so not okay. Do you have, like, a lighthearted story that we can do real quick? I don't know. Let me see what I have. What did I put? Why is this? Why did I do that? Curiosity killed the cat, Sabrina. Literally, but also cats have nine lives, so maybe you'll be okay. Oh, shit. No, this isn't nice, but (laughs) let's still read it. Okay. Okay. This is from Ashley, and it is not not super lighthearted. So (laughs) great. We're just going to go roll with the theme. I'm scared. Hello, Sabrina and Corinne. I just wanted to start off by saying that I'm a brand new listener. I just finished your first ever podcast, and I've already subscribed, rated, and reviewed, followed you on Instagram, and told my best friend, who is also into the paranormal, and make sure that she does the same. I've heard about your podcast from the True Crime Storytime, and I downloaded a bunch of yours immediately. Wow. Thank you. I doubt this will make it onto the podcast. Surprise, it did. (laughs) I'm sure you get a million emails. We do, but we'll read them all. We try. We try. But I thought I would share it anyway in case you have a chance to read it even on your own. 
I wanted to share this only because you both said how creepy it is that a ghost would climb into bed with you, and this actually happened to me. Though most people don't believe me, I know you both will. This was about seven or eight years ago when I lived in a different house. A couple of years after my nephew was born, I started seeing this shadowy figure hanging out, sometimes in between our two rooms, and sometimes to the left of my door, just at the top of the stairs. I could tell they looked male based off of the shape, but I guess I can't really know for sure. He didn't really do anything, just stood there. So I said, meh, as long as he's chill, we'll be okay. (laughs) At the time, I was working a job from home, and my hours were from 4 p.m. to midnight. So I was always the only one up late at night, and of course, that's when he'd be lurking about. So I was the only one that saw him. I do believe my nephew also saw him, but he was young and couldn't really verbalize that. Side note, I started calling him Seamus because I was an avid Montel Williams watcher when I was a kid. And the now debunked psychic Sylvia Brown was one of my favorite guests. Hmm. I never forgot this one lady who asked about a man living in her house that she called Seamus. Sylvia asked why she called him that, and she said, because it's his shame that got him. LOL. No. Mine, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's how I'm going to go. That's what it's going to say on my tombstone. What's that noise? I don't know. I don't hear anything. Don't freak me out, please. I'm freaked out. This sounds like someone's in my apartment. Why do we do this? I don't know. (laughs) Sylvia asked why she called him that, and she said, because it's a shame that I got him. LOL. Oh, gosh. Mine mine was friendly and not a shame, but he did eventually get a bit frisky. One night when I was sleeping, I felt the side of my bed go down quite a bit, and I thought my nephew climbed into bed with me. When I woke up and looked over, I could see the sheet floating back down onto the bed, and then the bed stopped moving, but no one was there that I could see. I literally said, oh dear lord, Seamus climbed in bed with me. (laughs) And I closed my eyes, and I told myself to go back to sleep. I eventually did go back to sleep, and I never did actually feel him touch me or anything. But I know he was there. I wasn't dreaming like everyone else thinks I was. Hmm. When we moved, he didn't follow us. But the couple who bought the house after us displayed some weird behaviors. According to our old neighbors, who my mom and stepdad still keep in touch with, the wife stabbed her husband in the garage. He didn't die or anything, and they stayed together. Oh my gosh! But still, it was crazy. Sorry this was so long, and again, I love the podcast. I can't wait to someday stay at the Stanley Hotel. Since I'm new, I'm not sure if this topic has been done before, but we visited a prison that was haunted. It's in Ottawa, Canada, and I was fine until they brought us to death row where I could barely breathe. I felt like I was surrounded, but my only options were to stay with the group or leave by myself and wait outside in front of the gallows at night. No. Not today, honey. (laughs) I opted to stay with the group. (laughs) Smart. This is called the Old Carleton County Jail. It's Canada's first prison, and it's now been converted into a hotel and hostel, aside from the one floor that's used for tours. FYI, the rooms are actual old prison cells. I've attached a couple photos for you to see. We didn't stay there, though, thank goodness. (laughs) Thank you so much for making this podcast, and I can't wait to hear more of your personal stories, as well as stories from other listeners. All the best, Ashley. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, ugh. 
I'm very glad Seamus did not follow you and it didn't go much further than that one instance, I hope. Yeah, it's also interesting that she's saying that Seamus was like, oh, nothing wrong with him. Like, he's a friendly-ish ghost. Like, he just chills in the corner. But his appearance, like the darkness, yeah, makes me think otherwise. The darkness in my room makes me want to cry. I actually need to turn a light on. Hold on. Oh. I'm scared. I'm going to turn my camera so you can watch me. Okay. Go, go to my hallway. Okay. It's dark over there. I'm nervous. Run! Run! 200 feet. It probably Is feels it like 200 feet, but it's probably about 12. <laughs> probably, yeah. You're right. Wow. See, <sighs> this is one of the things with having a podcast. We are so freaking scared of ghosts, and yet it's a love-hate relationship. It's like this relationship we can't walk away from because we yeah. love getting scared, but we hate it when it happens. It's like the, it's also the stupid things that I do, like playing that voicemail that I didn't need to do. Yeah. There have been like photos that our listeners send that I'm like, why did I ever click on that photo or why did I ever zoom in on that photo? Yeah. There are some where I'm like, I can't, I try. If it comes into my thoughts, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such an intrusive thought and I have to get rid of it ASAP or else the thing, like that's the thing's <sighs> way of finding me. It's like whoever thinks of it. I know. I need finds. to get this out of my mind. I'm going to dream of being in a really comfy couch that I can sink into and hide from all the scariness in the world. Okay. We have a theme here. <laughs> yeah. This one is the demon girl in my closet. Oh, Sabrina. Okay. This is from Lucy. I have a really old house and I can always remember spooky stuff happening. So this all started when I was about 13. It was 3.43 in the morning and I woke up in sleep paralysis i heard something scratching in my closet and i figured it was one of my cats because i had three at the time and i didn't think much of it until my closet door opened and this eight foot tall shadow thing crawled out of it and stood next to my bed staring at me its face looked almost melted and it crawled onto my ceiling doing that possessed baby thing and it literally crawled onto my wall, onto my ceiling and just sat there for who knows how long. This is like someone going inside my mind and taking my deepest darkest fear and then writing it in an email form and sending it to me to be read to. I'm not okay. (laughs) I'm breaking myself. Why did I do this? (laughs) (laughs) uh okay its head turned around to where it was staring right at me jumped down onto my bed where i was and i woke up and started crying a few nights later i had a dream where i was at my grandma's house and i saw this thing in my closet and a little girl the little girl was maybe eight years old she seemed scared of the demon thing and tried to get as far away from it as she could i woke up scared out of my freaking mind And the next night, my dream was different, almost calming. Yet there was a sense of fear crowding my mind. I was in my room, but you could tell it was at least 70 years prior. The girl was sick with tuberculosis. Nurses were running around, grabbing hot towels, medicine, basic nurse things. And a maid was in the room also. She was packing up toys and books. A doctor came in the room and smiled at a little girl. I couldn't hear what he said, but he looked worried. Everyone had to leave the room for some reason, but the girl had to stay in bed. She ended up convincing the maid to grab her favorite doll and book, 
and the maid opened a box. She pulled out a book, set it on the ground, and she went to grab the doll, and this cobra slithered out of the box onto the floor and went up the maid's leg, biting her upper calf. The girl just started screaming bloody murder and went into a coughing fit. The room started fading to black to where I could only see the crying girl, the doll, and the snake. I woke up after, and I couldn't see anything. When I was getting ready for the day, I noticed two little dots on my leg, exactly where the snake had bitten the maid. I would have awful coughing fits after. I collapsed at one point because I couldn't breathe, and we ended up getting the house blessed, and everything basically went back to normal. I think the little girl might have been me from a past life. I really connect to her. I don't know. It sounds kind of weird, and my friends think I'm insane. But I'm a very spiritually open person, and I've always had stuff around me, and I learned how to protect myself and the people around me. I love your podcast. Keep doing what you're doing, Lucy. This is literally my worst nightmare. I can't even imagine anything that I would think is worse. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I just honestly felt like I was going to (laughs) vomit. I can't even have the words come out of my mouth. To see something coming out of your closet is already like everybody's biggest fear. And then my biggest fear, (laughs) crawling. (laughs) And then the thing crawls out and then crawls up your wall and then perches there just like watching. Yeah, and the fact that it's connected to this other dream that she had with this girl, it makes me wonder if this entity had been in the house for this long or if it's purely like because of a past life connection. I don't know. I'm 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 having a hard time piecing it together and if it's like yeah, same. If she the- did die of tuberculosis in a past life, was this entity haunting her back then? I understand that she had a really really strong connection to the person and maybe it very much was a past life because if we recall brian weiss's book many lives many masters it definitely parallels a lot with the past life regression therapy or the hypnosis Mm -hmm. um that was used in those sessions but it also makes me wonder if maybe maybe the spirit is so tormented by or maybe the like little girl that she saw was so tormented by this creature that it was just trying to tell her story and make a really really strong connection to try to like be saved or something be like know my name know who i am yeah that's interesting the whole snake thing i mean granted when tb was happening i guess maybe snakes were slithering around the house i don't know i don't know or what if okay kind of going off of like the bell witch cave Mm -hmm. uh in adams tennessee like so the bell witch the whole premise of the bell witch is that or the idea is that this was an entity kind of like birthed from the rivalry that John Bell had with a neighbor right. when this woman passed away, like a piece of her kind of split off and became this evil entity. Potentially, that's mm-hmm. one of the theories. Right. So I wonder if maybe the girl, like the, the creature coming out of the closet and climbing up the wall is a byproduct of this girl. So the, the creature is both oh. evil, like has two parts is like, evil but also know my backstory it's kind of like billy and stranger things it's like evil but then like there's also so much that happened in his childhood that's like good and you want to love him still yeah maybe so many layers so many layers so many i need your good story yeah i told you that i was gonna pick a nice one did you not it's not not nice but it's not it's not like super scary it's more fascinating but it's not like okay heart warming fuzzy if you were looking for that it's just fascinating and it has to do with something you really like cats aliens oh even better well not even better but better but good this is from connie it is called 
Midnight UFO. Oh. Hey, girls. Just started listening to your podcast and instantly fell in love with them. I'm always going to read when people write stuff like that. A little pat on the back. Yes. Um, Very nice. Anyways, when I was in elementary school, probably in grade three, I remember waking up in the middle of the night, which is weird because I never wake up in the middle of the night. I think I woke up because it was bright or something like that. I opened my eyes and looked out the window, and all I see is a UFO or a flying saucer flying across the backyard, not too slow and not too fast. I thought I was dreaming, and I remember clearing my eyes and looking away and looking back to make sure I wasn't just seeing things. I even remember wanting to go to my parents' room and grab the cameras. However, I was so fascinated and knew that if I were to go grab it, it would be too late to catch it. I wasn't scared or anything, but I just watched as it flew over the next yard and just went back to sleep after that. I told my dad the next day, but of course he didn't believe me, so I haven't brought it up or told anyone since. Anyways, keep up the great work and see you on the other side. Connie. Um, okay, that's amazing. This is great. Also, okay. What? Just getting it out there. Aliens are real. And so if yeah. people want to take the stance and say aliens are not real, they're actually incorrect because we did find single cell organisms on the planet Mars, which is outside of our planet. Therefore, they are aliens. Doesn't mean that they're the green, gray aliens we think of, but it means that they're aliens. So, how is taking an extra step towards spaceships and being visited here by aliens and intelligent species that much further off? We already know life is possible elsewhere. But don't you think part of it is that we want to believe that we are going to be the ones traveling to different, like, planets and meeting other aliens before they get to us? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe we're just so goddamn scared of what we don't know. That's also very possible. But I'm sad that Connie didn't tell anyone else throughout her whole life. But I'm so glad she's telling us. Now everyone knows. And now we're telling thousands of people. So Connie saw a spaceship. Connie saw a spaceship. Connie and UFO sitting in a tree. In tree. Beaming K-I. up to the mothership bee. Oh, Oh my gosh, you're so good. You're so clever. <laughs> Tooting my own horn. Thanks, Sabrina. Um, All right. I do have one more, and it's okay. what I will en- we will end with, and it is scary. Oh, and great. Back to it. I picked these way before I knew I'd listen to a terrifying email that came into our inbox as we were recording. Yeah. Oh, that's even creepier. Wanted you to listen. Sorry. I don't, don't. mean to make you even Christine. more scared. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, good news. Season five of Shit's Creek is on Netflix. So I just I already finished it. (laughs) Oh, damn. Just rewatch it. I know. And I have Modern Family to catch up with. Perfect. Okay. So this is from Georgia. She says, Dear Ghostesses, sending this on Saturday, the 14th of September, which means yesterday was Friday the 13th. I also got back from school camp today. So I was on school camp in a cabin next to a lake on Friday the 13th of September 2019. And my best friend Lizzie and I played Charlie Charlie at 3 in the morning. Which I didn't know what this game was. But it's the Charlie Charlie Challenge, which is a modern incarnation of the Spanish paper and pencil game where you put like two pencils on top of each other and then have... You know this game? Yes. It's basically like getting yes and no answers out of a spirit. Right, with it's, two pencils. It's a, yeah, method of communication. Okay, I had never heard of it. 
and I never want to play it. So. I think you just start out, though, by saying, like, Charlie, Charlie, I don't really know how it works. I've never done it. Oh, I think they tell us how. Oh. Okay. I swear to God, the ghost said it wants to kill Lizzie, and I am so freaking scared for her. The owners of the camp apparently like horror movies because that creek that runs straight through the camp is called Crystal Freakin' Creek. I cannot believe everybody came back okay. The other girls in our cabin were all asleep when we did it, and we made sure of it. But after we woke up in the morning, my friend Yarnar said she thought somebody was lying next to her and it wasn't any of us. She doesn't even believe in ghosts and she was so freaked out. The coincidence of this place and what was happening was ridiculous. These are the questions and answers from when we played. So it went, me and Lizzie. Charlie, Charlie, are you there? If you are, give us a scare. Ford, yes. This certainly scared us because it never works and we had expected Charlie, Charlie to be fake. Me, are you Charlie? Ford, no. Lizzie, are you a boy? Bored, yes. Lizzie, are you Jason? Bored, no. Me, do you want to hurt us? Bored, no. Lizzie, are you a child? Bored, no response. Lizzie, wild question, do you want to kill me? Bored, yes. Then I threw the board across the cabin, we packed up and went back to sleep. What a nightmare. So I've just had another experience, and here it is. It's been a week or two since my incident at camp now, and it doesn't seem very scary, but more sweet. A few weeks ago, I was at school after hours with Lizzie, and we were kind of just playing around with the basketball when an older kid called Charlie approached us. He is known around the school as being a very nice kid and walked right up to me and punched me in the face. What? What the fuck? He just started to beat me up, and Lizzie, who is generally a huge scaredy cat, ran over, tripped Charlie over, and gently kicked him in the side. Lizzie is really not the kind of person who would have gotten near Charlie after he pounced on me. When she attacked Charlie, I was surprised. I asked her about it the next day, and she said she couldn't remember doing it, just running away with me. Weird. That's fight or flight. She was a she's a fighter. She's a fighter. She blacked out for a minute. It happened. Yeah. A couple of days later, I was riding my bike by myself around the block, and I decided to ride on the road being brave and a bit cocky. I wasn't paying enough attention, and a car sped out in front of me, and I swerved and lost control, and a woman ran over and pushed me into the grassy path next to the road and to save me from another oncoming car. I looked around when my body had caught up with myself, and I couldn't see anyone anywhere. I found a note in my pocket, however, which definitely was not there before. It said, My name is River. And I think it was a sign from my guardian angel. <gasps> oh, my God. What from Georgia. This is a beautiful story. I forgot about that part. I have full on chills. I know. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I'm actually shivering. This is so <laughs> insane. I'm glad I saved that one for last. Then. Is that that? That's that. That's, That's from, that. from Georgia. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. I know. Okay. Great ending. Very solid ending. <laughs> very solid also i just realized i'm holding my breast sorry <laughs> i'm cupping it because i'm scared and it's comforting it's protection yeah it is protection the warmth um, but first of all i'm confused as to why the kid charlie ran and attacked them i wonder if it's connected to charlie charlie i wonder game. if he remembers like i would want to go back and say what was that about the other day and see what he yeah. says because what if he just like the friend who pushed him away has absolutely zero recollection. What if it was like a moment of time where he was possessed for like five seconds? Yeah, what the heck? Georgia, let us know why the heck did this Charlie kid who's always seemed so nice punch you? 
And I'm sorry that he did. That's rude. That is rude. And not okay. But at least she knows now she's got a best friend who will come to her aid and a spirit guide, a protector yeah. named River. That's such a cool name. She has two amazing, one live guardian and one garden angel who's watching over her. She's That's amazing. I'm dying to see some sort of like CCTV footage of like a flash of someone coming and pushing her out I of know. the way. And then her looking around, being confused and pulling the note out. And it's like, my name is River. My name is River. My name is Jeff. Jeff the Mongoose, is he your garden <laughs> angel? Wow. Okay. Well, this was fun. I really like this. I'm also terrified and I didn't like it, but I loved it. So we'll continue to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to listen. To, you didn't have to listen. I'm, I wish I can go back in time. I do have to listen to you every single week when you yeah, read but you me didn't, these. You didn't listen to the I thing. I do have an active part of to listening. the voicemail. Though I did not listen to And the I'm voicemail. pretty sure I'm listening back to this episode, which means that I have to re-listen. It's horrifying. Yeah, that's so true. Man, oh man. Okay, well, sorry to any listeners who maybe didn't get to their <laughs> phone in time to fast forward and are like so scathing mad at us. I will start a support group because I need one. We need all of the help that we can get from all of our, like, healers and witches in our TGOG yes, community. please. This is the time, Two Girls, One Coven, to come out and Unite. save us all. Please. Um, if it didn't scare you away and you're like, yes, I want more of this or, like, I have an experience like this, email it to us and send us your ghost story and email it to us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. And before we end this episode and leave you for a whole week, um, we also have Instagram, which is always lighthearted, full of memes. Uh, Things to make you laugh. Yeah, that's a, a good place to still stay spooky, but uh, not have a heart attack. Yeah. And we have a variety of ways of supporting us. You can tell everybody, rate and review on iTunes, donate to our Patreon, purchase merchandise and rocket. Uh and we will see you on the other side. Other side.